Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. of the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is my good friend Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Doing very, very well. Actually got some sleep last night, Attaboy. so I am hitting the ground running. Yeah, there will be no... Uh, no stopped sentences. Actually, I can't promise that. I'm sure there'd be mispronounced <laughs> words. So don't, don't. There's enough players I know in this discussion today that, or at least things I know that I shouldn't mispronounce too many words, but overall doing very, very well. How are you doing today? I'm Robert? doing well. It's the middle of May. It's May 11th. The schedule comes out today. We're not doing schedule content. I, uh, every year it's like the guy pointing in the mirror, the meme, yeah. where it's like, yeah, yeah, no, you don't have to do this. We know what all the games are. And ev- as everyone else is doing it, I'm like, am I, am I out of touch? No, yeah. it's everyone else that's out of touch. So we're not going to do any schedule content. I, the schedule's coming out wonderful. I'm happy for everybody. We are going to do some very deep May discussion today. All right. So we're in the middle of May. This is a, a good time in the NFL calendar because I really do think it allows you to divorce yourself from anything that's happening. You know, There's not a lot of news, so we can have a lot of big picture conversations. And maybe a couple weeks ago, we were exchanging some messages on Slack and you know, we just kind of sit there and bullshit on all of our planning calls anyway. And the conversation came up about contract value and about the most valuable contracts in the NFL. And we talk about this all the time through the lens of quarterbacks. You know, a quarterback on a rookie deal is so incredibly valuable. And when you have to pay the quarterback, what does it do to your team building process? And you know, that's a pretty standard and consistent part of NFL discourse. Yep. But we don't really talk about other positions and where those fall in any sort of contract value hierarchy. So that's what we're going to try to do today. We are going to try to rank the most valuable types of contracts In the NFL. And what we mean by that is, same as a quarterback on a rookie deal, where does a defensive tackle on a rookie deal fall into that, an elite one? Where does a wide receiver on a market-setting extension fall in, the same way we talk about it with quarterbacks? This is not easy to do. It's going to include some conversations about some either-ors or would-you-rathers between types of players. We're going to have to dig a little bit into some positional value stuff. But I did think it was an instructive conversation and one that you specifically really wanted to have. Yeah. I just discussion about it. And it was more just a open thought experiment. Cause actually I wanted to do this to maybe push and think of what, how I value these contracts sure. and what is valuable. Like it, it, what is, what is a, we just, like you said, we always go through the lens of quarterbacks, but how valuable is a all pro rookie contract offensive tackle mm-hmm. and all pro, pro rookie contract corner. Like what, what, how valuable is that when we really think about this as far as team building, as far as you look at the landscape, as far as how much the, that position's getting paid and kind of like our NFC quarterback show was a preview for our, our quarterback draft. This is kind of the non quarterback draft kind of, I don't know. I would say this is a, 
A prelim? It's a precursor. Yeah, it's yeah, a precursor. It's, it's, you're teasing out some of the same ideas, and yeah, we'll revisit but, some of those. But again, I'm, hopefully not stepping on it too much. Yeah, and I'm glad uh, we're because we're t- talking kind of just the a broad swath of what these contracts are. We're not just saying, oh, this guy over this guy. I mean, we are actually in some of the some of the cases, but we're looking more at just how you group a, a position together: an elite D tackle, an elite edge, an elite corner, or a you know elite edge on a extension as far as just one specific guy and just maybe just the thoughts about that. So I don't know. I thought this was a cool, um, and really what got me into this was the kind of middle ground quarterback value. Sure. Like how that's what made me start thinking. It's like, what do I value a league average quarterback on a extension over a rookie contract tackle? So like that's, that's- going to be the first big kind of pivot yeah. point in this conversation. And we'll talk about this. So, Obviously, we're not going to rank every type of quarterback and every right. type of player. Even if you did an elite player at every position, we'd be going deep into the 20s in terms of the types of quarterbacks and how you could divvy them up. So we limited it to 12 types of contracts is what we ended up doing here. And for example, here's some of like the designations associated with those contracts. Yeah. Okay, The way that I separated quarterbacks in this discussion, it's really the only position you need to do this with because I don't think we'll get past the top 12 talking about non-elite players at other positions. But for quarterbacks specifically, I did top eight quarterbacks, quote unquote elite, but I thought putting a number on it would be helpful. And then quarterbacks nine through 16. That was kind of the other designation. For all of the other positions, the only designations that you need are market extension or rookie deal because we're going to be talking about all elite or kind of pro bowl players and when we talk about players in those bucket the way that we were kind of designating that is a guy who is consistently in the conversation to be an all pro every single year let's throw out the defensive tackles from the 2022 season all of these guys were in a conversation to be on the all pro team jeffrey simmons quinnon williams dexter lawrence chris jones aaron donald Deron Payne. I mean, you can keep naming them off, right? We usually get to like six, eight players as part of that yep. conversation. So that elite tier is somewhere in that range, but that's how we did when, it. When you look at an all pro voting, you see a guy with a couple votes. That, yeah. that It's like anyone with a couple votes or got onto the team. That's kind of what I view this lens as, as from these positions. So just resetting again, 12 types of contracts with yeah. a kind of quality designation, mostly for quarterbacks. And yeah. we did it one through eight, nine through 16. And then the split is between rookie deals and market setting extensions. So just so we know what the landscape looks like. I don't think we have to spend a ton of time at the top here because this is self-evident. In my opinion, and I believe in yours, at number one, the most valuable contract, sort of contract you can have in the NFL is a top eight, quote unquote, elite quarterback on a rookie deal. Yes. Yes. Like currently right now, a Trevor Lawrence, a, you know, a Herbert, a those guys, a Burrow, those guys, it's far and away the biggest advantage you can have a true Pro Bowl caliber quarterback and they're getting paid pennies on the dollar that there's nothing better. There's nothing that's ideal. It's the best way you can build a team. Of course, everybody wants that hard to do because no, notice how we're only saying eight of these guys, <laughs> you know, eight is elite. That's why it's really hard to find one of them. But obviously the most valuable contract you can have in the, in the NFL right now. Just as an example to kind of illustrate this, Joe Burrow is set to count $11 million against the cap this year. And that's in year four after being the number say, the one overall year. pick. It's the last <laughs> yes. year is as the number one overall pick. Okay, it's $11 million. Joe Burrow's cap hit plus Trey Hendrickson's cap hit plus Mike Hilton's cap hit this year is $1 million more than the, than the Lions will play Jared Goff against the cap. 
That's okay. all you need to know right so, there. <laughs> and I think the Bengals are the best example of this yeah. over the last three or four years because it's so stark. It's like, okay, here's what we're paying the quarterback. We can build our defense solely through free agency. Like, think mm-hmm. about all of the veteran money we can pay because of what we're paying our quarterback and to an extent some of his weapons that are on rookie deals, but obviously Burrow being the most valuable part of that. So I don't think we have to spend a ton more time on number one because we've spent hours and hours and hours everyone has talking about the value of that at number two okay this is where it can get sort of interesting i think i had an elite quarterback on a market extension at number two so even though you have to pay the guy even though you have to pay patrick mahomes josh allen who lamar jackson now is on one of these deals jalen hurts is on one of these deals I still think those guys, even at $45 million per year, that is the second most valuable type of contract you can own in the NFL because of the outsized importance of those players. And I wholeheartedly agree. And this is where the whole thought experiment came from, was these guys. is What do you pay? It's gotten to the point where, and this is where I think it's warped and the initial thought of it, like, oh, a weak guy on a rookie deal, that... But it's gotten to the point where people are like, that's the only way you could build a team. And that's where... I would say frustrations, but more I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's plenty of ways you can build a team. That's just the ideal version. But I agree with you. This number two is an elite guy is an elite guy. It's they're worth every penny that you pay him. So Mahomes, Allen. I mean, we're gonna probably have discussions about the Bills on this show. Like they he does everything for that team. Like, of course he's worth every penny that you pay him. What Rogers was on the Packers teams the Rogers, last couple of years yes. when he was winning MVPs. Absolutely. Yeah. Just what they do, the booster effect that they have on the whole team, they're worth it. They're they're touching the ball every play. <laughs> they affect every single play. They make everybody else better if they're in this elite category. So easily worth every dollar. And that's why I have them number two. Yeah. Okay. Number three. Yes. Again, this is where I think that you can start to make some arguments mm-hmm. about even about other positions, because mm-hmm. now we're outside of the elite, elite quarterbacks. But at number three, for me, I still had the ninth to 16th best quarterback in the league. So tier two quarterbacks on rookie deals, I still think are the third most valuable type of contract in the NFL over all other positions. How do you feel about this? And I am the consensus. <laughs> We're going to have some differenti- differentiation it, the, the as top, it goes along. For everyone that's like groaning right now and rolling your yeah. eyes, this is where it ends. The, this, the, is where, this is this where the agreement almost. ends. We, we had an initial call this morning and then we went and I was like, oh, I have the same top three. And then after this, yeah, we're going to get a little wild. But it's kind of hard because like Mac Jones would have been the perfect example if he didn't bottom out last year. But it's but that's a guy. Mac Jones after his rookie year would be a good example. Tua, I guess, wouldn't be a bad example. Tua from you know, last two. year I think is a very good example where yeah, you have and, a guy who's not in the top, who's not elite – but can play at an elite level for stretches in part because of everything that you can put around him. And that is the value of that type of contract. I honestly still think that to an extent, we could probably talk about Jalen Hurts this way for stretches Mm -hmm. of last Mm -hmm. year and him kind of getting the same sort of boost, even if we think of him as a slightly higher tier than a player like Tua. A very good example of this to me is like 2017 Jared Goff. Like that that type of quarterback on that sort of deal and what it allows you to do with the rest of your team. I think that's very real. The Rams went to a Super Bowl. They were consistently winning 10, 11 games with a guy on that rookie deal because of everything else they could do in free agency and all the flexibility they had. That's real. Early career Andy Dalton. 
Yeah. Like that league average quarterback, but with awesome weapons. Yeah, think about and, what that 2015 and, Bengals team looked like because of all the resources that they had. They had like, like five former first rounders and D, uh, at corner at DB. Like those are guys, some of the guys they signed off the street, you know, or as free agents. So this is that, what you're hoping Kenny Pickett is going to be, by the way. If you're the Steelers, it. this is the type of, this is the archetype that you're trying to build around. Yeah. And you hope that he's a top it's half a of the league guy. If that's where well, the Falcons discussion, because again, I'm going on a streak of matching the Falcons and their <laughs> offense this year, is if if Desmond Ritter is 16th best quarterback this year and like QBR or anything you look at it, that is the biggest win for the Falcons this year to have a third rounder uh, operating at that level because he's going to truly getting paid pennies on the dollar. And so that is that's where exactly what we're talking about the picket. Hopefully the optimistic picket and the optimistic, I want to say optimistic Ritter, optimistic for me, uh, that they can reach that point because that is super valuable. So when I did this, I, I was I pretty quickly penciled these in. But now as we keep going, and I think as we do number four for each of us, I want to interrogate this idea of whether this type is kind of definitively number three if we're, or if we should challenge that a little bit. So let's start with who's four for changed. you? Okay. Four for me is an elite edge on a rookie deal. Okay. So I think is this the same for us? No, it's actually not. Okay. Oh no, it's not. That's right. That's right. It's not. All okay. right. So you had elite edge on a rookie deal. I yep. had elite wide receiver on a rookie deal. Before okay. we dig into the distinction between those and why I had receiver at four and you had elite edge at four, are we sure that the, the quarterback, the top half of the elite quarterback on a rookie deal is more valuable than the elite edge or receiver like, on a rookie deal? Like is Brian Burns like more like valuable than say Kenny Pickett was league average this year, like something like that. This is difficult because there there haven't been a lot of like there isn't a good quarterback right now that's the basis of this example. Yeah. So I, it's it's a little bit. I wish more it was difficult. last year with Mac Jones because that would have been perfect. Mac Jones is good, or like I, I, I was gonna ask, throw out somebody else, but it, it, throwing him out is like just asking you to make a terrible decision. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna say, would you rather have like, back if we didn't do do time travel? Yeah. And would you rather have Dak on his rookie contract or Nick Bosa on his rookie contract? Oh, that would be- <sighs> for you. It's for you. I feel like it's not but, fair. But and that's and uh, with Dak though, and you know this is that I was a late appreciator of Dak. It was and that was it was on once he got the extension, I started liking him more. Or or should say once he was ending his rookie deal. That's tough. Because I would probably have gone Nick Bosa because he is so special. Okay, Brian you know? Burns is another good example. Okay, yeah. let's keep talking about Tua. Let's say we remove some mm. of the injury concern for Tua. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who would go for more in a trade right now, Tua or Brian Burns? Brian Burns. Okay. Or are we talking to the Rams? Or- <laughs> I'm just in, ge- in general. Like, who has more trade value Brian, right Brian now? Brian Burns. Yeah, and Brian so. Burns. That's, yeah. That's, do we challenge this a little bit? And I, I know. So, and I have receiver at four. So, so would you go? Would you tra- right now? I think a team, the Dolphins are a strange example because they have so many receivers. But I, I think Jamar Chase is probably worth more in a trade right now than Tua is. Yeah. So our when we get to that nine through sixteen level, are oh, can you find enough quarterbacks to give you a certain level of production in that tier where the elite players on rookie contracts at a couple other positions are actually more valuable? Are we are, are we blowing up the rankings before we even started doing we're, that? I think we're blowing it up before it starts, but that's why this is such a fun thought experiment. Yeah. Because okay, what if what if Justin Fields hits this year or it's like the tenth, twelfth best quarterback? Twelve say twelfth. I still think that and, guy's probably more valuable. It's like if right. we're talking about individual players, sometimes I think you can make arguments on both sides. But I yeah. think 
on a general level, if we're just talking about the archetype of contract, I still yes. think that type yes. of rookie contract is more valuable than even really good position there's, players at those spots. There's certain kind of players I'm using it like you said archetype i'm stereotyping for each pick like yeah. I, I have one guy pictured basically for each of these more or less and that that's kind of what i'm picturing either or we i said initially on our call that we should face smash you know their original facebook for each of these where you just pick one or the other and that's the whole show for anyone listening right now if you want to do that on twitter i'll do it that's fun let's do polls it's great but uh yeah no it's 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 hard because some of these guys too that we talk about rookie qu- quarterbacks too is usually now it's year three you're hoping to see something. So it's kind of hard for some of these younger guys, like we're saying Pickett or anybody else like that. We're kind of still waiting on a couple of those guys to maybe shine or step up. Yeah, and I still think that like Jalen Hurts, the Jalen Hurts-esque quarterback, like a little worse than Jalen Hurts, like right where two is. I still think that probably has more team-building value than even one single position player does because of all the other things it allows you to do. Yeah. It's about the replacement, right? It's about how yeah. much the, the replacement would cost in free agency or on a market deal. And quarterbacks just aren't available. Right? right, so with this one, it's like, would you rather have Jacoby Percet and the money you could spend elsewhere, or would you rather have Jalen Hurts and you know the money that you could spend? And I think the answer is still Jalen Hurts and the money that you yeah. could spend. All I right, think so too. So our it's number fun. fours, though, and our so I have yeah. I have wide receivers on a rookie deal at four. You had edges on a rookie deal at four. I had yeah. edges on a rookie deal at five. Okay, I had offensive tackles. I had receivers on a rookie deal at. Whew. Eight. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got arguments, man. I got bullet points for this. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. Yeah. Okay, so you have edges above. That's fine. I had the, For me, they're one spot apart. And we've had this conversation in some form before, okay? this The two guys we're talking about, the ones that you're imagining in your head, for this one is easy for me. Justin Jefferson and Nick Bosa, okay? Yeah. Would I rather have Justin Jefferson or Nick Bosa on the course of their rookie deal? For me, the answer is Justin Jefferson. And it's because I think offense is more valuable than defense. I think that having that true number one guy is like hugely important to building an elite offense. And in the my kind of driving this home, there is no wide receiver version of Hassan Reddick or Trey Hendrickson or Matt Judon available in free agency each year. There just isn't mm-hmm. like that. Those guys just do not get to free agency. So when you find one like a Justin Jefferson, having that type of guy on that rookie deal is hugely valuable because that type of player, there are just fewer avenues to that type of player. So that's why I had receivers at four. You have receivers at eight, seven, seven. I miscounted. Okay. But so still. edges up edges ahead of them. Fine. Yeah. I don't agree, yeah. but I understand the argument for it. What are the other two edge tackle rookie deal? Elite D tackle on a rookie deal and then elite receiver. Because uh, you're talking about scarcity, just listen to what teams are telling you. Uh, I mean, for an edge, okay, first I'm going to just talk about the value of edges, how I see it. I think a singular good edge has more of a booster effect than a singular lineman, singular corner, or even a singular receiver has on theirs. I think a receiver can get schemed out of a game easier than an elite edge. I think it draws more attention, pass protection, chip helps, half slides, all that. But also, it, they can really bend the game to their will. Like, you see a third down or a fourth quarter. Just think of Von Miller and all the big plays he made back. When, I'm just talking about just a general edge. But saying rookie deal, guys. Also, they never hit the market. They're highly paid. So if they're so highly paid on the free market, and once you pay the extension, having them cost control is so much better. Also, the initial investment usually has to be greater to get a good edge. 
Usually it's all first round picks. There's only so many. I mean, Max Crosby is an exception. Usually you look at these guys as first rounder, first rounder, first rounder, top 10, top 10, top 10. I think the initial investment, the scarcity of finding these guys on the open market, I'd just much rather have that and on a down-to-down basis how much they can affect the game and bend the game to their will. So I think it's just a value of the position on top of the scarcity of finding that position, how much attention it draws on the offense. It's all about changing math. Quarterbacks are the ultimate math changers, but all these other positions, a top receiver changes the math because of cloud coverage and drawing that. An edge, though, every single play, you can't run the offense, a good offense, go, we're not running the ball to that side. If it's pass pro, we have a shitty right tackle. We got chip help every single play. You know, I think just because that changing the math and being aware of them every play is why I think that they have more effect on the game and thus more valuable. I understand that. I think the run game part of that matters. I also, I, part of my thing is if you scheme a receiver out of the game, what it allows you to do with the rest of your offense, it's the same as if you're chipping all the time, right? I mean, like it, it, you're hamstringing like, yourself. But like Justin Jefferson, like it's not like the Vikings were gangbusters last year. Like with Justin Jefferson tearing, you know, blowing the doors off. Oh, but I think that's right. even more true for a single edge on a bad defense. I think they affect the game more. I really do. It's just that you can't find these guys. It's not just like, it's just, you can't wait, find I just them. said it. Hassan Reddick was a free agent last year. He was like an all pro level player. Those, those guys at wide receiver don't exist. That was just because, but what was his draft position? First round, right? It's, we're talking yeah, about but rookie you can deal. still find we're talking them. About rookie, uh, we're talking about a rookie deal, But you right? can still find those guys in free agency. You can find elite edge players or quasi-elite edge players in free but, agency. Okay, Christian, break, has, Jacoby, break Hassan Reddick out of your mind. Trey Hendrickson. And think of all the Trey other Trey Hendrickson, guys. Matt all Judon. Pro, Trey, all pro, all I pro. I think that Trey... We're talking about elite Matt Trey Judon. Hendrickson. Elite Trey, Trey yeah, Hendrickson. Trey is, Hendrickson out of your mind. Ten Trey Hendrickson He's not is elite. a better edge rusher than the types of receivers are available in free agency as receivers. There is no wide receiver that is as good at playing the position that has hit free agency in the last two to three years as Trey Hendrickson is as an edge rusher. That's such like a warped thinking though. Like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Just listen to the teams. How many edges and how many offensive tackles and how many corners get traded and how many receivers get traded? Isn't that like such an avenue to find these guys? Is like I think that's trading. I think that is a fair point. I think that the 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 trading them is a fair point. But I also think that the teams that did the trading, right? Like the the Chiefs trading Tyree Kill. I don't know how much we're learning from that because of what the Chiefs need at receiver compared to all these other teams. We talked about this earlier today. I almost think that Patrick Mahomes and the way that the Chiefs can build their team warps our understanding of this. Well, what about? The Raiders trade for Devontae Adams. It wasn't like they the, the Packers are the other team in that, right? And like yeah. the Packers wanted to keep Devontae Adams. He wanted to get traded. So really the only like big time trade of those receivers that I think you can say, all right, I understand why they would do that. That makes sense why they would do that was the Chiefs trading Tyreek Hill. The Titans traded AJ Brown to the Eagles, and very quickly the, D- the general manager who made that move was fired for making that move. So I still the Cardinals traded for DeAndre Hopkins. The Browns traded for OBJ. Yeah, the Cardinals traded for DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm not talking about the teams making the trades. I'm talking no, about no, the teams but- trading them away. They're, they're often mistakes in the moment. Mm. Khalil Mack well, got... Yeah, but... The Raiders traded like the, Khalil not, Mack. But it's not like... Well, yeah, you're going to look at John Gruden Raiders. Yeah, the, well, you're, looking at, you're <laughs> going to look at Bill O'Brien Texans? Well, I just brought up all the other ones. I'm looking at Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. Like, what, what you can't, you're just looking at the teams selling them, not looking at the teams buying them. 
Like we're not looking at both ends of the transaction. I'm talking about whether or not it's a prudent transaction, like whether or not trading that player was a mistake. And I think most of the time, if you're looking at these deals of the wide receiver getting traded, the team doing the trading has made mistakes, except for Tyreek Hill. Mm. But that's a one year, one year kind of process right there. I I don't know. I, I just don't. I just I'm looking at these positions. I'm looking at every young edge player. You're looking at Nick Bosa. Brian Burns, all these guys, and you're saying that they don't affect the game as much as Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase does. I don't. I do not believe so. No, one singular player doesn't affect the. I totally disagree. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't think they affect the game in the ways that are as important. What are, What are the What are the other elite rookie contract receivers right now? I'll just give me some examples of recent years. So you got AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, well, AJ Brown, AJ was. Brown. Okay, second round pick, by the way. Devontae Adams, second round pick. Yeah, I think you can find them a little bit later, but I still think the value when they're on those rookie deals yeah. is higher. No. I think edge. It's just the scarcity, man. There's so many of these guys you can find, though. That's what that's it, it's not elite or not premium if there's just you can find that value anywhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I that's kind of where I, I get with this. It's the initial investment. I still don't think and there then, are that many of them. I really don't. I don't think there are that many like truly elite receivers. But there's very good, right? So, like, what – I think – I don't know. I think there's what? Eight? Ten? Ten elite receivers? And there's what? Six elite edges? But I don't think that's the most important thing. I think the most important thing is, like, the effect they have on the game. And that is where the disconnect exists between us. I think – that receivers have a bigger effect on the game in the ways that matter the most than you do. Even if you're... What's the ways that matter the most? The touchdown scored? Your or offense like the... being elite. Your offense being really good. Hmm. Yeah, that's... I just don't... I don't agree. Well, I'm, I'm arguing defense right here. So I, I'm just saying that elite edges are going to affect every... They're going to affect more snaps than an elite receiver is. An elite edge. That's That's fair. But I just think that having an elite offense is much more important than having an elite defense. So I'm going to do everything I can to accrue contracts that make avenues to building that elite offense easier. Yeah, find a quarterback. (laughs) But that's that's what I'm saying. You can't always do that, right? You can't always do that. So to me, I just think that this is just something I've come around on in the last like two years where it's like I just think that having that really 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 good receivers the second most important thing that you can have but like and you what, don't so like, you don't what, believe what, that. what but like what are the examples of this elite offense you're talking about I th- what jamar chase has like helped do to the Bengals, and like what honestly With t higgins and tower boyd and a number one pick at quarterback i i think that i mean the the vikings are one of the biggest problems the vikings had last year if you look at like what their passing epa was and some of those numbers like when they throw the football the amount of sacks Kirk Cousins was taking is what was torpedoing them last year. What Stephon Diggs did to the Bills, like all of these guys, what A.J. Brown did to the Eagles, like those types of guys I think are hugely, hugely valuable in pushing forward and like igniting really, really good offensive football. Stephon Diggs going with top three quarterback Josh Allen, Jamar. But what uh, were they before that? A.J. Brown going with first round pick Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith. And a top five tight end, Dallas Goddard. So now you're all the example. Justin, the Vikings are perfect for this example. You got league average quarterback, league average offensive line. What is the Browns defense with Miles Garrett? 
They were fucking awful the last couple of years. And TJ Watt has Minka Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward. Like, we can do this for any position you want to. Yeah, I know. But your example is Justin Jefferson, right? Right? That's one you're using right now, right? I'm just talking about Jamar Chase and that he had help with other. They need help. You, need, you just talked about but oh, so the problem do was off players. But you're saying that Justin Jefferson couldn't get the ball because of the offensive line, right? Well, well Justin that's Jefferson why, did just that's, Justin Jefferson's production why, was just fine last I year. I love Justin Jefferson, but I, I just was look. Yeah, yeah, the Vikings were great underlying numbers. They're they're fantastic. Top offense. Twenty. They were like DVOA. middle. They were like middle of the twentieth of DVOA, fifteenth in passing. And even if they you want to talk about the how they pack. affect the right. They were middle elite of the Elite offense, though. Elite offense. You need that I elite say, receiver just, to get that I, elite offense. I said the path to an elite offense, I think, includes an elite receiver. I did not say the Vikings were an elite offense. And the path to elite defense is usually having an elite pass rusher. So it's it's same same. But I don't I don't that. I don't think one sets I don't think the like the, I don't think causation is I don't think an elite pass rusher leads to an elite defense more than an elite wide receiver leads to an elite offense. Mm, I just don't. I, I think it's arbitrary. I think each example is going to have all the variables that make this hard. That's why discussion is interesting, but each one's going to have counterexamples for it. All right. <laughs> so after <laughs> after Edge at four. We are friends, by the way. <laughs> after this is, this, Edge this, this at four. Like this, this is good. This is good. This is why I like more this. of this. Yes. So you had edge at four, yeah. offensive tackle at five. Yes. And then and then I went elite D tackle because that's just me with uh, – it's more pass rusher. I have to have the pass rushing ability. I'm not going to talk about some stupid nose Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I struggled with defensive tackle because I think that a couple guys exist in like a different stratosphere that yeah. warps it a little bit. And – like, obviously, when you think about defensive tackle, like your, my mind goes to Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. And, right, like, Chris Jones is just as valuable as any elite edge in the NFL is. Yep. So if we – and Aaron Donald obviously is, right? Like, Aaron yeah, Donald was the best defensive player in football for five <laughs> years, period. okay? So if you're if you're lumping those two guys, really, into the conversation, then elite defensive tackle is probably on the same level as elite edge. But I almost feel like they're disqualifying because they're so unique. And, and – right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe and, that's and wrong, say, but that's how I'm no, seeing. And this it. is this is one I would bend over receiver. Like these two, I look at the receiver and D tackle. Like this is where I'm comparable with because of the. I also think you can. It's hard to uh, describe this, but I think you can game out a D tackle almost easier than an elite edge, even though they're closer to the ball. Does that make sense? Like because you can't chip help, and then also yeah. you can run run away from them easier. Well, you can slide oh, the center to him every single play inside the center. And but so it does affect it. I know that's where I I have some trouble valuing these because I do think they are valuable, especially how defenses are being played now. There probably uh, are more interior defensive. Pl- or there's so there's more edge rushers that you have to chip consistently than there are defensive tackles that you have to slide the center to every single play. Two, right? There's two, I, two. So and then, like you know, like don't get me wrong, like Quentin Williams, Simmons, Dexter Lawrence, uh, Payne, John Out. All these guys are great players. It's just that it's you know. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same as Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. They kind of have that half tier difference between them. It's kind of like talking about Mahomes and all the other quarterbacks. Like here, it's like, yeah, no, they're very good. Don't get me wrong, but it's a little different. <laughs> it's a little different when you how, how you have to talk about these guys. So, lead defense tackle, I think, is kind of naughty. I had it at like seven. 
you know, yeah. and I, which is a little bit further down, but we'll, we'll talk about what I have at six and like why it throws a wrench in it. I had elite offensive tackle on a rookie deal a little bit further down, but I, I want to talk about what I had at six. So you had edge at four, offensive tackle, tackle at five, five, and then D tackle receiver, D tackle six, receiver seven. Okay. Like those All right. I look at interchangeable. So I, where does the next tier of quarterbacks on a market extension come for you? Right after that. So it's right, right after. after that for you. I yeah. this is what I struggled with. So you I you had it after this kind of stack of premium position. Let's call it premium positions on rookie deals is the stack yeah. that you had from four to seven. Okay. And then and then I have elite corner just after that. That's like the one and that and that's a whole different discussion. We'll so I but, had yeah. I had the nine through sixteen quarterback on market extensions. I had that above defensive tackle and offensive tackle on rookie deals. Yeah, and I I don't know I how I feel it. about that. I've switched. That's the one I switched about seven times. Like I I originally had them just after tackle, so that would have been four. Or five, that would have been sixth. But now I have them ninth or whatever it is, eighth. So that that was one I kind of bumped around. All right, so that's here, where I, this is this is a let's do this. Okay, so yeah, I yeah, have yeah. it. I have that at six. I have nine through sixteen quarterback on market mm-hmm. extension. Now I was the question I was going to ask maybe maybe think that I I just have this wrong. It's tough. Okay, it's so tough. like if you right now, mm-hmm. do you think Dak Prescott is more valuable at forty million dollars a year than Tristan Wirfs? Uh, yeah, Dak. Yes, I know. All right, what about I Kirk know. Cousins? No, <laughs> that and that's tough, and that's that's tough. Like that's so the that's, cutoff. There's a line somewhere maybe, between that nine and Derek, sixteen. Like Derek Carr, yeah, it might be like nine to twelve, and then, like I don't know, like nine to fourteen. I don't know. That's hard. That's really tough. But Dak is kind of the cutoff, right? He's kind of you look him probably in that seven, eight, nine range as the kind of how you rank quarterbacks, and that's that's tough. That's really tough. Would you rather have Ryan Tannehill on his deal or Tristan Wirfs okay. on his deal? Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. So yeah. I think I probably should have offensive tackle higher than quarterback on a market extension, second to quarterback yeah. market extension. And, and just so people know, like you know, because I mean, I've I've noticed this too, and this is thanks, mom, for pointing this out. She goes, "You guys really assume everyone knows what contract numbers are for everything." It's like, okay, I got to reiterate here right now is why that Tristan Wirfs, why we're bringing that up example. I think he's a two-time All-Pro yeah. already. He's making five point. His cap hit this year is five million dollars. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> It's and Trent, that's, Trent Williams is at 25, right? So like, yeah. uh, well, Tunsil. Tunsil's now at 25. Yeah. So it's $20 uh, do you know million. Jake dollars. Matthews has the biggest cap hit for all tackles this year. Really? It's 20, 28. Yeah. They did some funny stuff with his contract, right? Yeah. yeah I did. I did the extension. math because, because, uh, um, franchise tags, this is for the later yeah. discussions, but franchise tags, it counts all offense alignment. So I just did the top 10 tackles and their average cap hit this year. And it's 22 and a half million. So to kind of give you a little ballpark number. See, this is fun. This is where it's fun. This is where the whole catalyst for this discussion. I was thinking about another hypothetical to throw out, and then I I decided against it. But just I I didn't want to get back into the wide receiver edge weeds. So this is I. I think that's right. So I I think I should move elite offensive tackle on a rookie deal a little bit higher. Okay, so maybe maybe that belongs after edge. 
and then the you know, quarterback comes after it, that. This was great for me though, because I going into this, I thought I would have set a lead tackle on a rookie deal first and then was starting to break it down. I'm like, no, edge. <laughs> like edge so, is definitely more like where I put the premium at. So let's dig into that conversation because one one of the reasons that I had elite tackle on a rookie deal a little bit lower is just that I do think you can get by with not elite tackles and still create an elite offense, right? Like we've seen that. We've seen mm-hmm. we talk about this tier of tackles all the time. It is the Deion Dawkins tier of tackles. Jake Matthews is a perfect example. Jake Matthews, Jake Matthews is, is like that guy, right? Perfect. So and and that guy, like, you just have to pay that guy a decent amount. So I think that that's that's the argument against it, right? Is that that yeah. guy's still making that's eighteen, and if you can yeah. pay Tristan Wirfs five, that's still a really good chunk of money. But just, turn- and I'll stop you real quick. That's exactly what my, my argument will be, or my argument for this discussion. So I'll just let you continue. I'll that, just I think that's I think that's a very good yep. point. So yep. I, I guess my argument is that so that guy at eighteen, the drop off between Tristan Wirfs and Jake Matthews, right, and that that gap in production. Christian Kirk's making 18. Okay. So mm-hmm. the drop off between Christian Kirk and Justin Jefferson on his deal, I think that is much more important than the drop off in tackle play, in my opinion. So yeah. that's why I would go with the receiver instead of the tackle. Man, fucking Trent Balky. You're ruining all, all of my discussions. Or because Jacoby of that. Myers, whatever. Jacoby right? Myers. Jacoby right? Myers. So Jacoby Myers, yeah, yeah, 12 yep, yep, million yep. to Jefferson. Mid tier two. Yeah. Like I, so that's why I, that's why I lean toward the receivers in, yeah, in that conversation. And- and this is I no, I totally get that. I think it's for me, it's just the Jack Jack Jake Matthews example is one and just looking at how much a again, never hit these guys never hit the market. So the scarcity of the position, the investment in the position. So it's hard to find them initially. When you have one, it's like, oh my God, we're gonna hold it. They're worth their weight in gold because they become so expensive. And I get that with the receiver and the production and everything. Maybe the the gap isn't as large, but I think the finding them is the hardest part. So if you got one on a rookie deal, it's like it's a double bonus. You found one, and he's cheap. So I think that's maybe where I I have that value lifted up. Um, and even again, this is getting to the run of the ball kind of thing too. Is that you know they affect more plays. They're on the field. You can't sub in in and out an offensive tackle. So I always kind of lean towards that. And I just did a quick thing because I was just curious with the receivers and, and tackles. Looked at all pros from the last five years, so 2018 onwards. At tackle, there was 13 different players in the last five years have been named all pro at tackle. 10 of those 13 were first round picks, which is like, that's, and we know one of them is a recurring guest on this show. Mitchell Schwartz is one of the non first rounders. So this is, we've had this discussion before. Yeah. This yeah, is the yeah. Pede Sewell Jamar Chase discussion. Yes. Because it is. I, this is the, the point I used to make is yeah. that you have to draft those guys high to get an elite player at the position. Yeah. My argument is do you need an elite player at the position for your offense to be very, very good? So even it if it's helps. harder to find an elite <laughs> tackle, isn't is it more important to have an elite receiver? And that that's, is where I have landed. That's what it is. Yeah. And the and this is where I've got Justin Jefferson's the example again with the Vikings is if you don't have that number two, the Vikings found one with TJ Hawkinson. It's they only can affect so much. And I think that's the same argument I can make with tackle. You totally and you need four yeah. guys. And I, that's but to get five, you need to start with one. And that's where but and you get I a think five that's average, right? So if you, if I, if and we, again, looking at it this way, <laughs> yeah, you can have an average offensive line. You can have five suitable players on your offensive line, and you can have an elite receiving core. You can be the Bengals, or you can have a great offensive line and an average receiving core. You can be the twenty twenty one Eagles. 
which would you rather be? But you know what my answer is going to be. But it it'd probably be the Bengals just because how what they can do. But deep down, it's the Eagles, like from a team building philosophy. Look at what the Lions are doing. I know Amon Rossi Brown is, you know, I'm worried pretty, about pretty, what the Lions are doing. I know. Well, go just watching last year. Let's let's take out this whole spring from the Lions. Let's just look at what they did in 2022. But they made Jamal Williams look like a star, and that's running the ball. I get that's, but still a part of the game. There's 60 plays usually in the game. 20 of those are going to be run plays, so you can't just cancel out 20 plays as much as people want to. Um, so that's why I look at that because I think that just lifts the bar of your team. And that's what's the line I've had before. The offensive line lifts the floor and the pass catchers raise the ceiling or the skill positions raise the ceiling. So I just, for me as a team philosophy, I'd much rather start with that elite tackle because if he, I don't want my tackle to be like the fifth, fifth best starter, fourth best starter. I want him to be one of the better guys. It's all about having your best five out there. So I think you need five. So it's start with an elite offense tackle. That's just my line of thinking. And I think with the receivers or pass catchers, you need three and three is less than five. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? There's more I have to fill up, more spots I have to fill up. That's just my line of thinking. There's so, don't get me wrong, guys. I think it's easier to build. I love receivers. Grew up with Randy Moss. I always want to reiterate. I've seen Randy Moss get Gus Farratt a perfect passer rating game in in, in a single game. Like just because of Randy Moss being Randy Moss. I get the effect of receivers. I just think as an overall team building, that's just how I look at it. I think it's easier to build a great offense through a single receiver than it is to build one through a single tackle because the offensive line is so weak link based and you need four other at least capable starters there, which is also part of this argument. But we don't need to keep harping on this. <laughs> yes. Okay. So here, here is another. Everyone knows me and Robert talk about this all the time. And so it's even our producer, we were talking to our pre-show, Beller goes, this should be the show. <laughs> just us was talking about this. So and yeah. I also think so this we is- were talking about, okay, you need to be able to keep your quarterback upright to do this. One of the things I've, I've looked at a lot recently because I was thinking about it with Justin Fields. It all comes back to it. It always comes back to like, <laughs> how can I graft these ideas onto my own personal home? How does okay. this affect the Bears? Okay. So I was looking at the players, the receivers who garnered the most targets in less than like two and a half seconds last season. Yeah. And yeah. Jamar Chase is number one by far, right? Yeah. And all the guys that you would expect are up there. And it's a lot of teams that got rid of the ball very quickly and were very good offenses. Tyree Kill was up there near the top of that conversation. Yeah. Stephon Diggs is in near that top of that conversation. Uh, Chase, we already mentioned. Uh, AJ Brown is really high up there. And I think that having these guys where if you can build the passing game through them as the number one option and you create trust with the quarterback and the quarterback can operate much quicker because of how much faith he has in that number one guy that you've gone out to acquire, it helps the offensive line so much because you're getting rid of the ball faster all the time. And that's what I'm hoping a DJ Moore-like player does for the Bears and Justin Fields because I do think that you've seen the effect that that sort of player can have on your pass protection as much as like the explosiveness of your passing game, even as a receiver. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my other argument is that I think that your pass protection can get better if you have a guy that's just – you're throwing the ball to him so quickly as the number one guy in those progressions. It's just sometimes you can't. Sometimes you, know, you can't. So, <laughs> yeah, sometimes no, so, you got to hang out to it. Like that and happens, a lot those, obviously. And a, lot, a lot of those guys. And that that's where I've never really seen – and this is why the Bengals are such an anomaly in, in a fun way is I've never really seen an offense succeed just through go balls. Like, you know, and I don't, I don't mean that negatively – 
because they can. It's so crazy to see this work over and over. And that's changed some of the thinking that I've even had about how much do you need the offensive line to do that? Yeah, it helps when it's T Higgins is your number two, who would be, would you rather have T Higgins or DJ Moore on the bears? Like I've just, I'm just curious. Just a, just a question. DJ Moore probably. So, I I mean I, I just think he can do a little bit compar- more. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit better yeah. up the catch and all that. And but just comparable type players. And that's their number two. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's and that's what's cool about what how they perform on offense. They negate what would really cripple a lot of other offenses because those players are so good. So I'm just kind of adding on to your point. It's like that escape valve and a true X and peppering a true X. Look at the Chargers with and without Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Just because he's a true X that Justin Herbert. When you have a true X, and X is an ISO'd receiver, so they have to win one-on-one. When you have a guy that can do that consistently, it doesn't matter what else happens because the ball's out two, two and a half seconds, and doesn't matter what the other three, four pass catchers are doing. So just adding to your point of why, why that is valuable at times. You ready for me to pile on here? Okay. <laughs> so I had a lead offensive tackle on a rookie deal at like, like eight, you know, like kind of tied with the lead defensive tackle. I had elite wide receiver on a market extension above that. I know. <laughs> okay, and so and so here's here, and I'll I'll explain it in this way, very simply. Yeah. I'll let you go. Right now, okay, or last offseason when those players were traded, do you think that Tristan Wirfs goes for more in a trade than Devonte Adams and Tyree killed it? Maybe not Tyree Hill, but definitely. Oh, it's, ah. I don't know because you never see tackles traded. I don't traded. think so. I don't think so. What did the last like elite tackle? Oh, it was Tunsil, right? So Tunsil. Well, Tunsil oh, got traded. Oh, Tunsil. Tunsil, yeah, Tunsil got traded go. for multiple first round picks. But I so don't. There you go. I, again, again, <laughs> I, I think that's one of those like Bill O'Brien Texans teams. Do we do we learn a lot from them? It, I know. If it were to happen right now, or it, if it were to have happened last offseason, if a team, if the Bucks called him, like, all right, he's available. Do you think he goes for more? Than Hill and, and Devontae Adams do. I think it's about the same. Yeah, I think it's probably pretty close. Uh, but I say, I still think it just is a little bit of a bump. It's they're almost like on the same line to me. Is the rookie offensive tackle on a uh, offensive tackle on a rookie deal and the second contract market extension receiver like very similar to me because I think in that trade value right now would you rather have Tyree Kill or Tristan Wirfs? Contract included. Oh. Tristan Wirfs right now because of the rookie deal. Okay. I Yeah. Yeah, you're you're probably right. You're, pro- <laughs> you're probably right. If you said like oh, I'm trying to think like a slightly underpaid receiver. Uh, yeah, but no, that's that's kind of how I, I lean towards that because just how cheap it is and how what a damn good player he is. That, and I think that's probably fair. But let's so elite elite defensive tackle on a rookie deal was also in that conversation to me. Yeah. Do you that. think Jeffrey Simmons last year goes for more on a trade than Devontae Adams does? I think absolutely not. I don't think so. So that I that's how I would tier them. Then I would be off rookie offensive tackle, offensive tackle on a rookie deal, wide receiver on a market setting extension, defensive tackle on a rookie deal. Uh, that's how I would order those, mm-hmm. and I would probably put them somewhere in that list. Is quarterback nine through sixteen on a market extension? <laughs> okay, okay, so okay, we got the first little kind of quadrant, I guess. Do we talk about elite corner on a rookie deal, real quick? So I had that <laughs> further down. Yeah, I. That's my first. It's my furthest down rookie deal, I guess, because I had all rookie deals and then the QB 9 through 16 market extension in the middle there. 
and then have elite rookie, uh, re- elite corner on a rookie deal. Do you have elite corner on a rookie? And so I assume the next one that you have after all the rookie deals is elite edge on a market extension, right? Correct. So you had Correct. that below elite corner on a rookie deal. Yep. So I and had then, that and, higher than elite corner on a rookie. Okay. Deal. And I can understand that argument. So, so elite, I corner, that, elite, elite corner, elite corner I had trouble 10. with. Elite edge on a market extension I had at 10. And okay. then I had elite corner on a rookie deal at 11. And I did mm. it this way. Would you rather have Miles Garrett on his current contract or Sauce Gardner on his current contract? Yeah. And that, I think my answer is Miles Garrett at $25 million. So I think so too. So that's why I, I ordered it that way. No, and I, this is a weak corner because it was, again, this going into this, I thought I would value a little higher. And then I, as I started to think it out, I'm like, I don't know. You know what's the other thing about a weak corner so, or just corners in general? It's so volatile. That, like, is, can't really, that is why. It's so hard to trust to build that i know miles garrett is going to get me top five pressure numbers every 14 sacks every single year barring an injury i can close my eyes and you can ask me who led the nfl in pressures in over the last five years in a given season and in some order it's miles garrett tj watt aaron donald a couple years earlier khalil mack the bosas like i can just do it with my eyes closed corner Mm -hmm. is not like that and that yep. is why I would just favor, even if it's you're paying the sticker price for that guy, I still think it's worth it just because there's a certain level of comfort and predictability at that position that doesn't exist at corner. And as teams have gone, I should say fully gone away, but de-emphasized that maybe Seahawks single high stuff, you know, that was so widespread. That's where the the whole weak link system kind of thing has really stuck out to me about corner. It's like, yes, if you can have an elite corner, that's great. That's fantastic. But you don't need it now. I used to think that you needed that. And now I'm like, I mean, it's helpful. The, it is helpful, helpful when you have a guy that can truly flip the math, but those guys are not that, there aren't that many of them and they don't stay that way for that watch long. Watch Jalen Ramsey. I know it's market extension. Watch Jalen Ramsey in the first half of this year. It was like, oh my God, he fell off a cliff. Then he came on as people started to call him out a little bit. But it's it's so hard to just trust that's what you're going to get. Like it, it, even they get injured. You know, it's a high, t- they're quick twitch guys. Usually they get injured all the time. The dry- and if you, I'm not, I didn't even list contract extension corner on this list as, as valuable contract because they fall off a cliff as they get to 30. You're scared every year that you have a corner, you get more scared that they're going to fall off at any time. And I love sauce Gardner. I love uh, Patrick Sertan. I love JC Horn, but I'd much rather have, yeah, an, an edge rusher that I can count on every single play. So I, I am going to change that as we're talking. That'll have a lead edge above, maybe even a lead D tackle on a market extension above, uh, above corner on a rookie deal. Oh, Actually, I, yeah. I think so too. Well, it's, again, dropping, again, it's the same and, conversation and we had about the DTs. It's like, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, I'd rather have Chris Jones on a market extension, but would I rather have Jeffrey yeah. Simmons on a market extension than Sauce Gardner? I, Probably not. I'm dropping corners down. I now that I'm like talking this all out, it's just the volatility of it. It's hard to find one. It's so a you're hard putting elite, elite edge ahead of a elite edge. You said uh, elite D tackle and elite receiver, all on market extensions above elite corner. I'm just like you. I think you had it. What you had tenth. I had it eleventh, yeah. and I yeah, but 11th. I didn't have elite defensive tackles on a market extension As, just because again. It, I think it's so specific with like two guys, a couple guys. Yeah, but but also like I don't. It, it quarters is just hard, man. So I think that's, about why, that's why it's hard to invest in, right? So like let's let's talk about it. If we're yeah. talking about we're kind of ignoring the Aaron Donald Chris Jones effect here, the contract that Dexter Lawrence just got. Would you mm-hmm. rather have that player on that contract, or would you rather have Sauce Gardner? I think I'd have rather have Dexter Lawrence. Wow, actually. interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
Dexter Lawrence is very I specific. I love Dexter Lawrence. He was like my favorite player of the league last year. But that, and I love that's, sauce. that's bold. That's bold. I, uh, man, he just it does so much. And I love Sauce, too. And, and Sauce might end up being one of my favorite players to watch, period, in the league. But it's just... I just it, it's closer to the ball. I always think it's going to have more value and more snaps play is always going to have more value. Dexter Lawrence is an exception because he played all three downs. And he sure did. Yeah, <laughs> he sure did. And that's why he's a specific case of why I like this, like or, or would would value that more. Just affecting the play more, um, affecting the run more. I, I think that's just where I hold the value a bit more. But that's tough. That actually is pretty tough. It's so it's so funny that. I would try to put these in fairly generic buckets and it's it's almost impossible to do now because of this you know, some players like warp it, right? So yeah. just like doing like a quick reset. Like your Christian Kirk example was like, oh God. <laughs> so just doing like a quick reset. So after the quarterback yeah. contracts at the top three, yeah. I had elite wide receiver on a rookie deal at four, elite edge on a rookie deal at five. You convinced me. I put elite offensive tackle on a rookie deal at six. Yeah. I have wide receiver on a market extension at seven. Okay. And then I have quarterback nine through 16 on a market extension after that, but it almost is like DAC level, like hyphen DAC level, where it's like yeah. some of the guys after that don't count. And then right after that at nine, I have elite non-Aaron Joe, Aaron Donald, Chris <laughs> Jones defensive tackle on a rookie deal. So there are a couple players I think yeah. that are so notable in this conversation or so specific that they kind of and- warp the discussion. And that's a great takeaway, though, that special players are special yeah. and they're worth their own rules. And that that's a there's a difference between elite and being the best player at your position or the top two at your position. And then there's a tear jump or teardrop between that. So that's that's also worth mentioning that the special players are worth paying no matter what. You know, the, the true queens on the chessboard like Jalen Ramsey to me is that for the corner position. But there's not a lot of other vet corners that i'm like yeah like really want to bring up like but that's like the one but he's special um so that that oh no that it's a great point and honestly i'm going back and forth now like i might bump elite receiver over elite d tackle on a market extension now that i'm thinking about it like would i rather have Devonte adams or dexter lawrence Devonte adams yes yeah yes so i'm i'm bumping that making up. progress we are The last one I had at 12, and again, this same sort of conversation where it's like, oh, man, it's only a couple guys that you'd even put in here for a couple different reasons. I had elite tight end on a rookie deal at 12 because – Because if you can find that unicorn. If you can get one, (laughs) holy shit, that's incredible. But how many guys – one, how many truly elite tight ends in the passing game are there? Four, right, at any given time? Mark Mark Andrews, I guess, is the best example right now. So he's the one I would put in there. Okay. So yeah. I think Mark Andrews does clear that bar. So it's kind of like the Kittle, Kelsey, yep. Andrews tier of guys. But yep. the thing is, if you look at those guys, Kittle was an exception. Kittle in year two had 88 catches for 1,300 yards, almost 1,400 yards and five touchdowns. So, so he was good immediately. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But there aren't that many guys who affect the game that way. And nope. they don't affect the game that quickly. Okay. So Travis Kelsey – didn't play his rookie year. He had 850 receiving yards his second and third year. And then in year four, and he breaks out. Okay. And he was old, right? Wasn't he like a 24 year old? 24 year old rookie. That's so, and also, and he breaks out really in year four to being the guy we see now. But then yeah. rookie contract is over. 
So he's already on that veteran extension because the development curve at the position is so different than it does at other spots. There aren't that many elite receiving tight ends, period. And a lot of guys don't get there by the time their rookie contract is finished. So the idea of an elite tight end on a rookie contract – it's a very narrow band, yeah. but if it if you did hit it, it probably would go somewhere on this oh, list. Yeah, it'd be it'd be higher. But again, it's like once every decade. Yeah, that, <laughs> once every five years, twice every decade that you like like that's and that's this is something we talked about a lot this offseason is how hard the the tight end is and the the curve to play well at that position because you're being asked to do what offensive tackles do and doing getting asked what receivers do now do both really well. Okay, there's only five guys that could do that in the world. Three at any given time. Like so, that's that's why it's really hard to find. But yes, if Kyle Pitts is this year what I think we both think Kyle Pitts can be, then it's like he's the one that we can really talk about. He's, the, like, he's we're, a we're, unicorn. He's an actual he's a unicorn. unicorn. He's a once in 15, 20 year guy. I know. So yeah, if you can find one, absolutely, absolutely has a ton of value. All right. So to wrap up, let's go through okay. your list of 12 because this okay. has been all fucking over the place. So okay. what is your actual list of the 12 most valuable contracts by type in the NFL? Okay, so the three quarterback ones that we talked about, those are consensus three. Then four, elite edge on a rookie deal. Five, elite offensive tackle on a rookie deal. Six, elite defensive tackle on a rookie deal. Seven, elite receiver on a rookie deal. Okay, but those so, now, so now, do you still feel comfortable about that after flipping market extension receiver and market extension defensive tackle? Would you rather have Jamar Chase in over the course of his know, rookie yeah, deal or Jeffrey Simmons over the course of his rookie deal? Yeah, I'm going to switch that. Ah! I, uh, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> I'm glad that we're talking about defensive tackles, though. Uh, I'll say that. That's a win for me, that we're talking D-tackles. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that one. I Because that that one I'm having a hog on. So I, I like that. All right. And then, so with that, ooh, that was four, five, six. We defensive tackle is seven now on a rookie deal. Then eight was the Dak tier market extension quarterback, you know, nine through 16-ish. Then I went elite edge on a market extension, elite receiver on a market extension, and then elite. Oh God, I forgot offensive tackle here. Uh, oh no, it probably just follow that. Uh, I'll just follow. Yeah, the you knock up based on how you're just shitting all over corners. They don't matter anymore. You're definitely putting an offensive tackle on the market extension ahead of that. I am. I know. Well, God, no, this is really hard because elite corner on a rookie deal might be my last one. Like if we're going, if we're ranking all these, just 12, we did 12, 12. Yeah. So what is that? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is hard. I'm going to go elite corner. Okay, here we go. All right. I'll start over here. So, <laughs> so now, now that I'm thinking about it, I also might, oh, elite corner might be my last one and tight end might get bumped off. Cause would you rather have Laramie Tunsil or sauce Gardner? Oh, Tunsil. I think it's Gardner for me. Okay. On the on the, on the current contracts, I think it's yeah. That's me. a lot of money. Uh, because again, you can get by. Yeah. With name your offensive tackle who's an average player. Yeah, Andrew. But Wiley. you could probably make the same argument for corner. Honestly, that's the problem. Well, <laughs> it's not easy, guys. There's 22 starters in football. It's that's really hard. It's to- fun. God, what a bullshit <laughs> exercise this is. I can't. This is awesome. This. We basically went. Out, we basically did our production meeting, going over the list, and did it as a show. That's. <laughs> That's what we're doing I mean, right now. I think that's called like podcast production. <laughs> that's yeah, called preparation. That, that, <laughs> this is great. So, okay. Yeah, I I think Yeah, I think I'll go weak corner at 12 and then a weak de- defense attack on a market extension would be the honorable mention. You know, for first out kind of thing. Last one out kind of if we're looking at bracketology for this. All right. So, yeah. 
Mine is the three quarterbacks we talked about. Number yep. four, elite wide receiver on a rookie deal. Yep. Number five, elite edge on a rookie deal. Okay. Number six, elite offensive tackle on a rookie deal. You swayed me. Hey. Number seven, elite wide receiver on a market extension. Number eight, Dak tier nine through <laughs> 16 quarterback on market extension, but maybe not Kirk Cousins tier. Nine, elite non-Aaron Donald, non-Chris Jones defensive tackle on a rookie deal. <laughs> Ten, elite edge on a market extension. Yeah. Eleven, elite cornerback on a rookie deal. Twelve, hypothetical unicorn tight end on a rookie yeah. deal. Slash, go. offensive tackle on a market extension. Love it. That's it. Love. That's there my it list. Nice and clean. <laughs> no qualifiers. Just, just right there. Just totally <laughs> easy to understand. This is. This is great, though. I love how we, it was perfect because we we held on to our kind of our priors, but we we showed that we're li- willing to listen. We're willing to listen and adapt our line of thinking as we talk it out. I, I like that. That's I'm sure no one is going to have any thoughts on None. both the quality of how we laid out this show and the opinions that we reached by the end of it. <laughs> we can tell which shows were my ideas because <laughs> just says no outline. No thoughts behind it. Hey, let's just do this. Okay. <laughs> let's figure it out. Let's pick up the pieces oh, the morning up. It, it had endearingly chaotic energy, which is how I would describe you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I like that. Endearingly chaotic. I, I'll take that. I'm going to tell Lauren that. That's what you call me. <laughs> she, 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 sorry, real quick. I was like this even this morning because uh, our son kind of was doing a little goofy thing where he, you know, you can already see some, uh, maybe some attention uh attention issues of keeping a line of thinking he he needs constant stimulation and she just looked at me and she's like it's just like you and it's just just like you just need constant stimulation constantly and that's that's what i'm doing this podcast is it's good stimulation it, it, it holds my fort for an hour anyone that watches on video i just sway back and forth the whole time i i bounce my leg i i'm just terrible man i'm just absolutely terrible just a kid on sugar that was really fun that was awesome all right that is all we have for today on Monday, we will be back with our next Mailbag Monday of the offseason. We're doing mailbags every single Monday, just to give you guys a heads up. One more time about the offseason schedule, just because it's only been like a week or so. Just a reminder, mailbags on Mondays, no show Tuesday. Me and Nate will be back on Wednesdays, football GM on Thursdays, and then we will be back on Friday. So the only day during the offseason we will not have a show is Tuesday, and that will be the case when I'm on my honeymoon, when Nate's on paternity leave later in the summer, all that stuff. So we'll be four days a week, those days through training camp. So just be on the lookout for those shows as they hit your feed. For now, that is all we have. I will say thank you in advance to everyone who sent along your mailbag questions because the deadline will have passed by the time you are listening to this. Appreciate that. We'll be back with the mailbag on Monday. You guys enjoy your weekend in the meantime. I appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.